For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And good morning, we welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the winning of the lost and the edification of God's saints. Gospel Dynamite is a ministry of Asbury Baptist Church located at 218 Asbury Church Road, Seagrove, North Carolina. We invite you to visit our church on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. You're also invited to visit our website, www.asburybaptist.org. Now will you join me in studying the Word of God? You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. Take your Bible and turn with me to Revelation 22, verses 6 through 21. Today we deal with the conclusion of the book. This may not be our last message because there's so much material here. Revelation 22, verses 6 through 21. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. And blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard them, heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments. They may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I and the root of the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely, I come quickly. Amen.
Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Our study of the book of Revelation has taken us from the days of the early church in the past all the way into eternity future. John has been faithfully fulfilling the divine purpose he shared in the first verse of this book, which was the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. John has been used of the Lord to reveal to God's people God's plan for the future. We've seen the words of Revelation chapter 1 and verse 19 where it says, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter, fulfilled in the pages of this amazing book. Now the Lord has shown us how the Lord, uh, the church age will end. It will end with the church in apostasy, cold and dead, with Jesus on the outside. And we're steadily moving uh, in that direction today. And many would even say, and I would tend to agree, we're now rapidly moving toward that. He's shown us that exactly what will follow after the church is removed from the world there will be a terrible tribulation period that will engulf this creation. Billions will die from war, disease, and the tragedy of divine judgment. This age will also end with the Antichrist and Satan judged and sentenced to an eternity in the lake of fire. We've even been given a glimpse of how our future will be. We've seen the glorious place called heaven where death and disease and sin and Satan are prohibited. We have been given a small foretaste of that wonderful place we're going to call heaven soon enough. And in our text today, we've arrived at the end of the book. These verses that we've read today serve as the Lord's conclusion to the book of Revelation. Now, as the Lord closes this book out, he has a few final statements to make. I would call your attention to verses 6 through 10 as we see a concluding word about the scriptures. Verse 6 denotes that the scriptures are accurate. John is assured that everything he has seen is both faithful and true. There's not been one single exaggeration, nor has there been a single falsehood. Every prophecy made in this book will come to pass in the Lord's timing. One of the names given to Jesus in the book of Revelation is faithful and true. That's in Revelation 3 and verse 14 and chapter 19 and verse 11. That name declares him to be trustworthy and worthy of your faith. The Lord can be trusted. And when he makes a statement, it is truth. When he makes a promise, it will come to pass. When he issues a prophecy, it will be fulfilled. God has tied the truth of his scriptures to the integrity of his name. For Psalm 138 and verse 2 says, I will worship 
toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. You can believe the words of your Bible. When God speaks, he speaks the truth. And every word in this book is God-breathed. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. You can trust your Bible. And with that statement in verses 7 through 9, the scriptures are authoritative. For the scriptures say, Behold, I come quickly. The Lord declares his authority. Man can say what he wishes about the Bible, about God's promises, about God's prophecies, but God will always have the final say. Now the Lord also reaffirms his promise to bless those who keepeth the words of the revelation. The word keepeth has the idea of guarding, protecting, attending too carefully. The Lord will bless the people who read, believe, and live out the words of this book. That is his promise at the very beginning in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 3. And it is his promise at the end. The Bible is not given to us so that we would have something to lay on the coffee table or in the rear deck of the car. The Bible was given to us to read, to believe, to live out. The Word of God has authority over our lives, and we are to heed its words. When John hears the promises of God given to him through the angel, he gets caught up in the moment. He falls down to worship the angel. The angel rebukes John, reminding him that he is a servant too. And then John is given advice that we all need to hear. He's told two distinct words that are commands from his fellow servant and yet invitations for every child of God. That is, worship God. Worship God. God and God alone is worthy and deserving of our worship. And it's easy to become like the world and become guilty of worshiping a person or this thing or that thing. The, the one person, the only person who is worthy to be worshiped is the Lord God Almighty. In verse 10, we see that the scriptures are accessible. John is commanded to seal not the book he has written. Now the word seal means to conceal or to keep secret. Many years earlier, the prophet Daniel was commanded to seal up a book he had written in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4. And the time for the fulfillment of Daniel's prophecy had not arrived and it was not time to share it with the world. John, on the other hand, is not to hide these things away and keep them secret. 
He is to publish them so that the world may hear the news that Jesus Christ is coming and that judgment is about to fall on the world. The Bible we hold in our hands is a living witness to God of heaven. It reveals him in all his glory, his power, his wrath. The Bible is not a closed book, but it is an open book. And it is a message that is available to all who will pick it up and read with an honest and obedient heart. If this book is closed, it is closed to those who refuse to know Christ and to those who have been blinded by the devil, 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. One day this book that is so hated by those who deny Christ as being Christ and being Lord will be the standard of judgment, John 12 and verse 48. If I were you, I would read this book. I would heed this book. After all, it is the word of God, and it will stand for all eternity. Matthew 24 and verse 35. But also I bring your attention to verses 11 through 16, as well as verses 20 and 21. Because not only do we have a concluding word about the scriptures, but we have a concluding word about the Savior. Again, we have the Lord's promise that he is coming again. And that was his promise before he left this world. John 14, verses 1 through 3, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And that is his promise now. He, my friend, is coming. He is coming. But he is not coming as a lamb. He is not coming as a passive person at all. He is coming as Lord. He is coming as a conquering lamb. Jesus Christ is coming as judge. And we know that the Lord's return will happen in two distinct stages. First, he will return in the clouds above the earth to claim his redeemed bride and take her home to heaven. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 through 18. Then in Revelation 19, he will return in power and glory to claim this earth for himself. He will defeat all of his enemies, establish his kingdom, and rule in righteousness in this world. For the saints of God, the thought of our Lord's return offers peace and hope. Just the thought that we might be able to cheat death and leave here in the rapture is a wonderful thought. It's no wonder that John prayed for the Lord to come, Revelation 22 and verse 20. Every child of God who loves Jesus and believes the Bible is looking forward to leaving this world when he comes. According to verse 12, the return of Jesus will be a mixed blessing. 
You see, he's going to reward every man according to his works. That is, those who have received him as their Savior will enjoy a time of blessing when he returns. He will reward them for their works and bless them for their service. Many faithful saints of God will hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. What a day that will be. However, those who do not know Jesus will discover that the day of his return will spell their eternal doom. And that's what he means in verse 11. When Jesus returns to this world, there will be no time to get ready. When he returns, how he finds the souls is how that soul will remain throughout eternity. If I were you, I would be sure that I was born again, I was saved, and ready to meet Christ when he comes. He pronounces a blessing on those who obey the gospel in verse 14. He pronounces a curse on those who reject the gospel in verse 15. Those who receive him will enjoy the blessings of heaven and those of eternal life in verse 14. While those who choose sin over a relationship with Jesus will be shut out of heaven, verse 15. The question you need to consider today is this. Where would you be if Jesus was to return today? Are you saved? Are you born again? Are you ready to meet God? Has your soul been made fit for heaven by the blood of the Lamb? Is your name in the Lamb's book of life, my friend? Jesus Christ is coming. For some, it will be a time of rejoicing. For many more, it will be a time of horrible rejection and retribution. Verses 13 and 16. Give us a word about his authority. In these two verses, Jesus declares his ability to make these statements and bring them to pass. He reminds us that he was here when everything began and that he will still be here when all the things wind up, verse 13. He reminds us that he's king of kings in verse 16. He is the root of David. That is, he is David's ancestor. He is the offspring of David as well. He is David's descendant. Jesus Christ is the ultimate authority. He founded the throne. He will occupy the throne. The Bible says he is the bright and morning star. To be called a star in that culture was to be elevated. The morning star signaled the advent or the coming of a new day. Jesus is reminding us that he who is greater than all will return to destroy the darkness of this world forever and the light of his glory will fill both heaven and earth when he comes. Jesus 
can make the promises he made because he has the power and authority to bring them to pass. He is coming. He will rule. He will reign in righteousness and power someday. You say, preacher, when? I'm not certain because I don't have the authority nor the know-how nor the ability to understand when he's coming. He's never going to inform me and my friend, he's never going to inform you of his future plans. He has his finger on the thermostat of the world. He knows the timing. He is in authority. He's in full control. Now thirdly, verses 17 through 19, we have a concluding word about the Spirit. Here we find the Spirit, verse 17, the Spirit and the Bride inviting the Lord Jesus to come. The Spirit of God desires nothing more than the glory of the Son of God, according to John 16 and verse 14. The Spirit of God longs for the Savior to return so that he might defeat his enemies and occupy his rightful place on the throne of the universe. The Spirit desires the glory of the Son of God. Therefore, the Spirit says, come. The bride of Christ echoes the invitation of the Spirit, and there's a longing in the heart of the redeemed for the coming of the Redeemer. How many here can identify with that desire? There are times when the burdens of life press you down and you long so much for Jesus to come. There are times when sin and Satan harass us and they seem so powerful and so strong and we long for Jesus to come. There are times when this world seems like a foreign country and we long for Christ to return. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on just a little longer, sweet bride of Christ, your Redeemer is coming again and he's coming to take you unto himself. Verse 17. Here on the last page of the last chapter in the last book of the Bible, the Spirit of God offers one last, one final invitation to lost sinners to come to Jesus Christ for salvation. Anyone who sees their need of a Savior and understands that Jesus Christ can save their soul can be saved. They can drink from the water of life. And the Bible says in John 5 and verse 24, they can pass from death unto life. And even as the Lord brings things to a close, people are still being invited to come to him for their soul's salvation. Have you, my friend, trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you haven't, let me invite you again to come to Christ and trust him to save your soul. If you will come to him, he will save you and prepare you for an eternity in glory. John chapter 6, verses 37 through 40. Verses 18 and 19, people are warned not to tamper with the words of this book. The Lord pronounces a curse on those who would add to or take away from the words of the Bible. This is not a new warning, but it's a warning that runs like a thread through the pages of Scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 2, Deuteronomy chapter 12 and verse 32, Proverbs chapter 30 verses 5 and 6. In fact, the warning is given here, it is actually in twofold. Men are warned not to add to the word of God. The Bible is a complete book. 
When the Bible is finished, the revelation of God to man was brought to an end. There are no more new revelations being given today. Every person who stands up and claims to have a new word from the Lord is guilty of adding to the word of God and they're bringing the very threat of divine judgment upon themselves. Someone who will stand in a service and claim to have a word from God, that is dangerous. It is heresy. We have all the words from God. We have all the words from God that we will ever have right here in this Bible. And these verses also let me know that every book written by man that claims to be scripture is a lie of the devil. The Book of Mormon, the writings of Mary Baker Patterson Glover Eady, the founder of Christian science, which is neither Christian nor scientific. The so-called lost books of the Bible are all attempts by Satan to undermine our faith in the word of God. And those who add to the word of God will face divine vengeance and judgment. God does not want his word tampered with. Again, men are warned not to subtract from the Bible. Many people are guilty of picking and choosing what they want from the word of God. They may not add to the Bible, but they're guilty of subtracting from its words. Far too many are guilty of diluting the message of God. They deny its truth. They water down its doctrines. They ignore its warnings. They too will face divine judgment. My friend, it is a fearful thing to suppress or stultify the word of God and above all the words of the prophecy of this book to put forth truth, what is not truth, denounces error, condemn, repudiate, or emasculate what God himself hath set his seal to as his mind and his purpose is one of those high crimes, not only against God, but against the souls of men which cannot go unpunished. Let every preacher of the gospel, every Sunday school teacher, everyone who leads in a devotion, take heed how you handle the word of God. It deserves our best effort. We should study it, meditate over it, and present it in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you like that power, prostrate yourself before the Lord until he gives you that power. When you have found the meaning of his word, then stand forth and proclaim it with great authority by the Spirit of God, being careful not to add to or take away from his divine message. Jesus, my friend, wants you to know he is coming again.